Romans chapter 9, we're going to continue in our series. As I said a moment ago, it's Vision Sunday. Next Sunday is Provision Sunday. For those of you that may not be familiar with those terms, uh, every year we set aside a couple weeks uh, of what other churches may call stewardship. Uh, We think about where we're headed in the next year if the Lord doesn't come back and he gives us another year to to minister in his name and to serve in his name. Uh, So we think the staff and his ministry leaders, what our ministries are going to be looking like in the next year. Our staff has been working through a lot of those things. Uh, We're going to talk about some of that this morning. Uh, And then we uh, commit ourselves to support that financially. And so next Sunday, Provision Sunday, uh, if you're a regular attender or a member of Green Tree, you got some information in the mail. Uh, You got an outline of the the budget and some information about that. You also got a little pledge card. Uh, And next Sunday will be the Sunday where we ask uh, everybody, we'll all bring our our financial commitments to, uh, to support uh, the ministry and the work of Green Tree Community Church in the year 2012. But really what we're doing in Vision and Provision Sundays, I think, is we're revisiting our identity. Uh, we're coming back and, and we're asking the question, what is our calling as a spiritual family? Who are we to be in this community? In our day, in our generation, in our age, what is God... Uh, why has God raised up Green Tree? Why did, why did God start Green Tree worshiping here in August of 1998? And what are his intentions for us going forward? I think folks that have been here a long time or if they, they, they look at the, the material we put out would say, well, uh, we know that we uh, have kind of three legs to the stool where we, we want to grow disciples. We want to share Christ with people, see them come to faith in him, and then we want them to grow in their faith. We want to renew communities. We want to be involved in our community so that it's a better place to live because Green Tree Community Church is here, and we want to plant churches. And that's, that's our vision, technically, but what is our identity? Who are we to be in Christ? After all, if we're going to commit uh, what we call our time, our treasure, and our talent to the ministry of God at Green Tree Community Church in the coming year, uh, then I think it would be wise for us to stop and reflect a little bit, maybe do a little bit of soul-searching this morning. I think there are a lot of things at Green Tree uh, about which we can be excited, which we can be very, very thankful. I've, if you ask me what uh, are my emotions as I look towards the year 2012, I would probably say cautiously optimistic. There, there are still lots of unknowns in, in how and where our facility situation uh, will work itself out. Uh, I think there, there's lots of... Uh, reason for prayer there, that we would handle that situation well. Uh, that 440 would be a, a potential permanent ministry site or not, but that God would not allow us to, uh, to be distracted by uh, just thinking about a building, but rather that we would be continuing, as I believe we have over the years, to always ask ourselves the question, how can we have an impact on the world around us? As I look at the ministries of Green Tree, and I think of, of all the incredible things that are happening in our children's ministry, and, and I look at how many kids we have in our children's ministry, and how every week I, I listen to, to Beth and Ellen, our staff members, talk about their teams and, and what they're doing and, and all the plans and ideas they have and, and the things that they're executing. I, I just look at that and I go, it's incredible. The ministry is taking place with our kids is, is outstanding. Our youth ministry is gaining a lot of traction. Brad told us a great story in staff meeting last week, which I'm not going to take time to repeat this morning, about just two kids he came across and had a chance to just sit down with them and talk to them about Christ. Uh, our worship ministry, I think, is expanding. Cares, Jeremy, and, and uh, some other folks have led us through a, a year-long conversation, even longer, on being missional, on being intentional about living out our faith, not just talking about our faith, but actually living it out in our neighborhoods, in our community. We've seen people come to Christ for salvation. Uh, 
And I'm optimistic and I'm energized about all of those things. But I think we need to consider not only the, the present health of Green Tree and the vision for 2012 just kind of on paper, but we need to do it through the lens of Scripture. And I find it interesting that where God has us in the middle of the study in Romans is uh, towards the end of chapter 9 this morning. Because I think in, in these verses we see something truly astounding about the heart of God. And I think we, we've seen it off and on all the way through Romans. But again this morning, I think we're going to see a reality about the heart and the passion of God that is a good measuring stick for you and me. Whether we are thinking about our own individual walk with Christ or whether we're thinking about the Green Tree spiritual family. So I want to go to Rome, and I love this title. You guys probably don't like it all that much, but I just, it got me really wound up this week. The unapologetic, ever-expanding, welcoming heart of God in and through the people of Green Tree Community Church. Yes? Let's see. Romans chapter 9, verses 24 through 26. Hear the word of God. And here, Paul, in building his case for God's passion for salvation, quotes out of the Old Testament, as indeed he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call beloved. And in every place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. Serene of God's holy and perfect word to him alone be glory. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to look at our lives through the lens of your word. Lord, it is there where we find your objectivity. It's there where we see your opinion of how our lives should be molded and shaped. It's in your word where we meet the Lord Jesus and his amazing gift of his perfect life in exchange for our imperfection. His glory in exchange for our shame. His beauty in exchange for our ugliness. His faithfulness and obedience in exchange for our unfaithfulness and our rebellion and our turning our backs on you. Father, I thank you for this word of Romans that you inspired the Apostle Paul to write over 2,000 years ago because it speaks of this truth. It speaks of the glory of God, the righteousness of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it calls us to faith. It doesn't call us to work harder to try and save ourselves. It doesn't challenge us to be better people. It reminds us so, so clearly, so blatantly obvious that we cannot save ourselves. It is only by your grace and by your mercy. Father, I pray that we would see that again this morning in these verses and that it wouldn't just be that we say, amen, thank you, Lord, that that's, that that's the salvation that you've offered, but that we would, we would turn it and, and use it as a mirror to look into our own hearts. Lord, I pray that as we think about the future, as we think about uh, whatever time you give us on this earth and, and whatever time you give us as a spiritual family here at Green Tree, and we know that things are, are in trans, transition, our potential transition, we pray that we would be faithful to the Lord Jesus because he has been so faithful to us and that our identity would be shaped by him, that we wouldn't invite him to manage our lives, but that we would surrender our hearts and our souls and our lives to him and that we would long to look like him. Father, I pray that you would teach us this morning, forgive me for my sin. 
Don't let me stand in the way of of your incredible message of, of grace and salvation. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come and be our teacher. We pray in your name. Amen. Uh, The point makes itself this morning. This is not going to be a long sermon in my words. We're going to actually share a couple of life stories with you as we go along this morning. But this is a passage that preaches itself. Look at the heart of God in these verses. Even to him who has called, those of us who he has called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. Those who are not my people, God will call my people. So God says there's a group of folks out there that, that I'm not in a relationship with that, that are estranged from me and that, ha, that have broken fellowship with me, that they've turned their backs on me and, and they're going in the opposite direction. They're, there's coming a time where my plan of salvation is going to gather them up into my arms. They haven't been my people. They haven't desired me. They haven't wanted to be in a relationship with me, but now they're going to be identified as mine. Going, they're going to belong to me. I'm going to own them. You think about a, a parent saying to a child, you know, hugging them and saying, you're mine. You belong to me. The welcoming heart of God says that there are folks that are wandering around out there and they're lost and they're broken and they have no one to whom to turn for salvation. I'm going to gather them. I love the verse that, that Chip put up in between the songs this morning where the father runs to the son and embraces him. The one who has been estranged is going to be called back. But he goes on to say, and her who was not beloved... I will call beloved. Understand that the, 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 the context in which that statement is made, it's not that this is a woman that just hasn't, you know, that hasn't connected with a man yet. You know, she's, she's maybe of eligible age and, and it just hasn't happened yet, but eventually, you know, she's got a lot of things going for her and some guy's going to figure that out and going to come along and snatch her up and, and, and they're going to be married and, and, and begin their lives together. That's not the, the language that's here in Hosea. The language that's here in Hosea is she's not beloved for good reason. She's not faithful. She has a husband, but she hasn't stayed with him. She has one who has, who has called her into the covenant relationship of marriage and has given himself to her, only she has run from him and has given herself to others. And when Paul quotes this verse, he reminds us that the definition of every Christian apart from the saving grace of God is the unfaithful one. The next time I'm tempted to, to self-righteousness, the next time I'm tempted to, to look at something you've done and go, boy, aren't you awful. You know, you should be a better person. I need to remember I was the one who was not beloved because I was the one who was unfaithful. I was the one who turned my back. But God said, I'm not going to let your rebellion, I'm not going to let your sin, I'm not going to let your unfaithfulness affect my faithfulness to you. You're going to be called my beloved in spite of, of the choices you have made. In spite of your rejection, I'm going to draw you to myself. And then he says, at the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called, not just my people, but what? Sons of the living God. There's that theology of adoption coming again to us. We will be called not servants, not slaves, but we will be called sons of the living God. I haven't been able to talk to, uh, to Jordan, our youngest, this weekend because he's going through this fraternity thing. And they can't talk for three days. And he's, you know, I, he's probably cleaning toilets and doing all kinds of terrible things and, you know, all the stuff that fraternity guys do. But, but come Sunday night at sundown, they're all done, and, and he can call us back. And, and i got to tell you, I missed talking to him this weekend. Now, talking to Jordan is a bit of a challenge because he'll call you on the phone, and you'll look, and you'll see it's Jordan. You'll say, hello. Hey. <laughs> hey, Dad. 
Hey, Jordan. You know, you called me. What's going on? I just want to say hi. You know, he's not an extraordinary conversationalist, but he's 20. But he's a great guy, and he's my son. And I miss talking to him. He's, he's my boy. Nate uh, called me on Friday morning. He and Liz went to the, to the doctor, and the doctor, uh, Liz is pregnant. The doctor says he's 85% sure it's a little girl. And it was great to have that conversation with my son. I mean, how cool is that? I talked to Katie on the phone who's in Hawaii, and we're talking about her coming home for Christmas and the money I'm giving her for the plane ticket. But that's beside the point. Um, at almost 26 years of age. But no, I'm not bitter. Don't, don't hear that. Uh, she's my little girl. She's my princess. I'd swim out there and get her if I had to. Sons of the living God, do you hear the passionate, welcoming heart of God? That's his attitude towards us. The the message of Romans is one thing we can know for certain, that God is all about restoring lost and rebellious humanity to an everlasting and unbreakable relationship with him. The message of Romans, if you've been here at all, you know, is the righteousness of God. It's, it's the, and by righteousness of God, and I've said it a gazillion times, and we'll say it a gazillion more before the end of next June when we finish Romans, the righteousness of God is defined by the justice of God, His holy perfection, His demand that the rebellion in my life and your life be paid. We are not off the hook. We are accountable, and we are culpable, and God's justice will be met. But God is also perfectly merciful and perfectly gracious, and he will not allow that rebellion to stand in the way. Those two things, justice and mercy, came together in perfect balance at the cross of Christ. Jesus, when we say Jesus paid it all, we're talking about he paid the debt that we owe, the debt that Tom Ricks owes God for being a violent offender of the law of God. And I have to pay, or someone has to pay. And the message of Romans is that God holds us guilty and pays the price all at the same time. Evil is rightly punished so that mercy may be extended to the guilty. I'm not going to do it right now, but if you, if you have any confusion on that, go back and read Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11 this afternoon, as Paul defines for us very clearly our relationship with God apart from Christ and how God saved us while we were his enemies. And so the title this morning, The Unapologetic, Ever-Expanding, Welcoming Heart of God is so clear in these verses. I will call them my people. I will call them beloved. I will call them my sons, my, my children. But there's more to the title. Because the rest of the title says, In and Through the People of Green Tree Community Church. Yes? Point being, which I, don't, I think you've already gotten, is if we belong to God. We ought to mirror that characteristic. When people engage with you and me on a daily basis, whether it's here on Sunday morning, maybe they're a visitor this morning, maybe they haven't ever been here before, will they experience that unapologetic, passionately engaging heart of God, that welcoming heart of God? Or will they go away and say, that's a pretty cold place. When people interact with you this week at the bank and at the grocery store and in your place of business and, and, and when I'm out coaching my hockey guys or I'm, I'm dealing with a, a situation on my staff, will people experience this welcoming heart of God or will they see something radically different? You see, friends, often there's a disconnect. And the way I'm living my life does not reflect this passionate, welcoming heart of God. And so we have to ask the question, because if we have experienced welcoming by God through the grace of Christ... 
gracious welcoming should define your life and my life individually and as a spiritual family. Does it? around the corner from the green tree office and I'd always pass by it wondering what the heck does this mean do they worship trees what is it so once I went and saw what the service was like and saw Tom Ricks up with his shorts and his casual shirt I thought this is okay you have to come you have to see for yourself and I really like it so I think you might like it too my name is Brenda Gertis I've been going to Green Tree almost two years, maybe a little bit more. I've become an active official member for, I guess it's been about six months now. I have one daughter who's almost 17 years old and her name is Becca. I had a really bad accident last year on Father's Day and shattered my leg in six places. And uh, one of the first people that I contacted when I was at a nursing home was Heidi Meckes, who's a member and who I've known for several years. Heidi told Anton, who came to me at the hospital, the nursing home rather, immediately and ministered to me. And it was like something, nothing I'd ever known. People came to see me in the hospital. People brought me meals. The whole, the church rallied around me. I've never experienced this in my years of belonging to any church. And I knew that this was now my church home. Volunteer activities. I was a part of one of the mission trips to Joplin recently with the church and I, I felt very strongly that we were ministering to the victims of the storm and I saw that we were also ministering to each other. I volunteer with the Crisis Nursery which is for mothers who are in underserved areas who are just having they feel the end of their rope. To be able to help these little kids, to hold them, to rock them, to read to them and share what God has given me. Also, I volunteer with the Sister Connection, which is a breast cancer support group in the city. And I work with these women who are recovering from breast cancer or who are somewhere on their journey with breast cancer. You should see my Bible. It's underlined, it's dog-eared, and I have different colors of underlinings in the Bible now because it gets used now. It used to just sit on top of my dresser, and it was nice, and, and it was opened occasionally, but that thing gets a lot of wear now. I feel that I've learned so much more about myself and my journey as a Christian, and I definitely believe I'm on a journey, and... I believe, as Laura Story says in her song, Blessings, that this is not our home, that I'm on my way to my home someday. Wow. I said I wasn't going to cry. So oh, <laughs> I blew it. I was supposed to wait for that. Come back in the second service. I'll get it right. Friend, I can't believe I screwed that up. That was, that was the whole thing. Wasn't that awesome? We're the best church ever. Let's close in prayer. Well, I agree that's an incredible story. But lest we, uh, 
be tempted to go ahead and award ourselves the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> let's, uh, let's step back for a second because while there's, there's Brenda's story, and, and I, I couldn't be more thankful uh, for people who reached out to her and people who cared for her, um, that isn't necessarily the only story uh, at Green Tree, and it, and it certainly um, doesn't speak to every person's experience. So let's hear one more story. All right, we're good to go. Hey, I'm Jeff. I've got two kids, a lovely wife. I have two dogs. In 2003, uh, life was kind of crazy, so I went out looking for uh, Christian fellowship because I, I felt like I needed an anchor and I couldn't do it on my own. When I went to Green Tree, it just it just didn't feel like home because um, you had Damascus Road people come in, but then everybody else, you know, it just had married people with kids and big houses and and that wasn't me. I was a single artist who performed as a juggler. So I felt very alone and I would come late so I could skip the whole good morning welcome to Green Tree. How are you? Love the tie. Great. Good to see you. Okay it's time to start because it just felt so fake to me and I'm not a morning person so I'll just come after that get the meat, the message and then I'll, then I'll go. But at the same time I expected the church to welcome me in. Uh, I was looking to be fed and looking for the church to meet my needs and take care of me. And it was very, very me-centered, which was probably a bad thing. I wanted to, wanted to leave the church because I didn't feel like I fit the mold. Uh, well, I got married. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife and I continued to go to Green Tree um, more out of... Uh, to be honest, more out of laziness than, than anything. We're, we're more in tune with Green Tree now than we have been in the past. Uh, my wife and I started reaching out. We weren't waiting for Green Tree to reach out to us. And so we started building relationships and <laughs> we started welcoming ourselves. <laughs> and my wife started working in the, um, in the nursery. We're still here and, you know, and, and this, is, this is our home. And I feel like a lot of the initial frustration I had with welcoming was because it was all about me. And I was looking for the church to do something for me. And I'd stand back there with my arms crossed and be like, okay, welcome me. Bring it. When I was going to Damascus Road, um, I ran into someone who worked as a, um, as a stripper. Stop stopped any progression of a relationship and talked about my Bible study, talked about Damascus Road. She breaks down and cries. She comes to Damascus Road a week later. Everybody prays around her. She comes, uh, I think, a couple times, ends up quitting her job and goes to work, uh, I think it was out at Savas and then, then went on someplace else. And, you know, so I mean, there was, there's a prime example of, of Damascus Road reaching out and, and and the body working in the world and accepting someone just as they are, a person who is covered in sin and in need of Christ. And then you see this life change happen. 
Green Tree is a good place. I mean, it's it's full of people. Uh, you know, I I want to say we're good people, but we're not. I mean, that's that's why we're here. We need Christ, and we're recognizing that we're not. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited that we're doing stuff like this to check ourselves because it's very easy to forget and, and get really comfortable with the gift that God's given us. Welcoming by God through the grace of Christ. Gracious welcoming should define our lives individually and as a spiritual family. So I think this morning as we, as we look back, you know, since God's, you know, brought us together beginning back even before 1998 when, when folks were meeting here, uh, up until this very day and looking to the future and what it may hold, I think there's cause for celebration. And I think there's cause for confession. There are many great stories to tell a Green Tree Community Church about how someone has experienced the, experienced the welcoming heart of God through one of God's children who is part of this spiritual family. But there are also failures that we could share as we seek to love others through Christ. And, and, and next week during Provision, we'll, we'll have a couple more stories on the screen. But these two weeks, Vision Provision is a chance for us to reflect before we recommit ourselves to next year. I think the worst thing that could happen is we could go home and say, yeah, we know that we're part of the family and we need to write our checks, so let's just jot down a number and bring it back next, next Sunday. And it, it almost is so perfunctory that it just has no bearing on our lives. And I hope that we will be able to take this week and, and to just spend time in prayer, not just about our financial commitment to Green Tree, but about this identity. Do, do I long for this welcoming heart of God? to be a very fabric of my life. On our mission statement, we say we, we long for joyful obedience in Christ. And I would hope that, that this week we may reflect on that uh, joyful obedience mirroring God's passion to welcome lost sinners home. I've been, been praying about how to kind of share this, this story and this, this vision through what Romans uh, teaches us in Romans 9 and also in Romans uh, 15. Uh, therefore, welcome others as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. And, and I was going back and forth. I knew we had these stories. Uh, and, and I was still thinking I'm not quite there yet. I haven't quite got the complete picture, but I don't know what else I need. And, it, and God kind of dropped it in my lap on Tuesday morning. We were having a staff meeting. And about a month ago, uh, Brad List, our youth director, uh, had, had uh, stopped by the office and said, Hey, I met this guy over at Nifer. Uh, his name is Nelson Taylor, and he works with a mentoring program in the Kirkwood School District. And Elisa and I are going to sign up to be mentors, and I think it's really cool what he's doing. Can he come and share with the staff? And so this was literally, this was about a month ago, so we set it up, and, and Nelson came and he shared with our staff on Tuesday morning and talked about kind of what fires him up and how he loves to, to see kids uh, be mentored uh, who need just a little bit of extra help. So I think I might have freaked him out a little bit, but I grabbed him after the staff meeting and said, hey, what are you doing Sunday morning? <laughs> Because God loves you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. People that, that know me, Nelson, know that's kind of my, my mantra. So he was either brave enough or foolish enough, I'm not sure which, to show up here this morning. So I'm going to invite you, to, if you would come up here with me for a couple of minutes. And I, I just want you guys to hear uh, what Nelson's doing in the Kirkwood School District, what his official, his official job title uh, and what he's doing. But then I also want you to hear uh, something of his heart as well. So this thing should work. Tell us what you do and tell us about this mentoring, this mentoring program uh, that you're getting up and running in the Kirkwood School District. Absolutely. Thank you. Good morning. Um, once again, thank you. You guys have been great this morning. I felt welcome. 
Um, absolutely. I've had numbers, numerous of, hey, good morning, how are you? I'm I didn't so tell so. anybody to do that. Okay, no. so it's not prompted. You guys truly have a heart. Thank you. Um, I want to come to you just for a brief moment and just mentoring, uh, mention the mentoring program that the Kirkwood School District has. Um, it's, it's a school-based program kind of modeled after um, programs, uh, mentoring programs just in the nation, United States. Um, and what we have are we look for volunteers from the community and local businesses to come and uh, pair up with some of our students um, within the district from all grade levels, um, elementary on throughout the high school, and just to offer 20 to 30 minutes of their time a week um, to help encourage, motivate um, some of our students who may not be as motivated to just kind of go through school. We have a lot of kids who may be experiencing things at home, may not be the best academically, you know, academic student. Um, and, you know, we look for people in the community who can come and spend time with them to just kind of encourage them and provide some moral support. Um, and we don't ask you to tutor. Uh, we just really look for you to kind of be a friend, you know, be a friend and show a genuine sense of caring for that student. Um, many of our students are um, kind of pulled from counselors, pulled from teachers, and um, just kind of kids we kind of see as somebody who just kind of needs an extra, you know, an extra, you know, some motivation. Um, so that's, the, that's our program. Um, we provide training, you know, um, Brad and Elisa have been great. They've come in and, and paired up with students and, you know, our, our kids really look forward to them coming. I mean, they're like, I explained to the staff on Sunday, on Tuesday, they're like rock stars because I have all students coming up to me now saying, hey, Mr. Taylor, can, can I get a mentor? And I'm like, you don't need a mentor, you know, you're, you're doing fine. <laughs> and so, but it's just awesome that, you know, the kids really see, you know, that, that effect, you know, that the mentors have on other students. and. And believe it or not, I mean, you all have a lasting impression as mentors, as role models, um, parents. I mean, we, we have kids, and, and we can tell our kids, you know, you need to do the right thing, go to school, do your homework, study, you know, choose the right friends. But when there's somebody else in your corner cheering for you and rooting for you, it just really feels good, I mean, to, to believe in yourself, but also to know, wow, I have this, you know, team behind me who is really cheering for me. And it pushes kids to, you know, to succeed in school and just even outside of school. I, I ask mentors to share your experiences, you know, talk about the awesome vacations and trips and, and things you do because many of our students don't get that opportunity and, and have no idea of all the, the wonderful things that are out in this world. And so as mentors, we, ha we can have that impact and kind of expand the world and, you know, expand our kids' worlds. Um, and so that's what our mentoring program is. I have a passion for this. I just took this program over last year. Um, this is my second year in the district, and when I was told I'm going to be the coordinator, I was like, well, great. This is awesome. And, uh, you know, Pastor Ricks asked me to come in, and, and uh, he said, you know, well, let's chat a little bit more. And so we got to talking, and he kind of realized what kind of, you know, inspired me to, you know, really have such a passion for this program. And, and we'll chat about that as well. So, yeah, so that's my next question. But from a, from a, just from a technical point of view, and he's going to, there's a table in the back where you can talk Absolutely. to Nelson after the service. But just from a technical aspect, it's on campus at any of the Kirkwood schools, and it's 30 minutes a week is that absolutely that's, the, that's kind of the outline absolutely right? yeah we, yeah okay. we we ask that you don't you know we don't ask that you take the students away from school it, it's during the school day so between the 7 30 to 3 30 time period um either during their lunch time or during just a, a you know 30 minute period just to spend some time walking around the building shooting baskets drawing pictures reading a book just kind of talking just hanging out really you guys are, are considered friends to that to that student when you come in so that that's the that's the program now mm -hmm. I asked you on Tuesday, why do you get so pumped up about this? I want to know your story that, that brought you to this place. So tell, tell these guys what you told us a little bit about your story on Tuesday. Sure thing. So I share with Tom here that I'm the son of a, an associate minister. Um, so, and, and See, my kids of pastors can turn out okay. 
And so, to make that editorial. So I spent numerous hours, you know, growing up in the church, time with my dad, you know, he pulled me on Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, you know, I'm always at the church. And, and there was this, this awesome young youth minister in our church, um, Maurice was his name, and, and he started this, this young um, men's mentoring program. Um, we called it the BBYC, our Big Brothers Yacht Club, and there was like a group of 12 to 15 of us. And, you know, we were, you know, 10, 12-year-old, you know, guys, and he would get us on Friday nights, and we would hang out with them, and he would just kind of really invest tons of time in, you know, into us and showing us all these awesome things, and, and we felt like a true brotherhood. And I was just like, wow, and, and you know, 25 years later, you know, I can still look back and remember, you know, vividly, you know, kind of the things that he did with us, you know, the time that he invested in us, and, and look at how he led his life as well. And I'm like, you know what, that was awesome. I mean, he left a lasting impression in on my life. And, and I think about all the, the kids that I've come in contact with, you know, as I've grown, and, and, and I think about how have I impacted them? Have I, you know, have I shared anything with them that's going to help them grow to become a better person? And, and really, that's what kind of drives this. You know, I, I know the effect that you know, mentors, role models can have on people's lives. And so, you know, I, I just ask that, you know, you know, that we continue to touch lives. If it's not through the Kirkwood School District mentoring program in some way, you know, definitely invest your time um, into someone's life. Thanks for coming and sharing with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Once again. That's a pretty good welcome because they don't clap after my sermons, so they... Um, Nelson will be uh, at the table in the back if you do want to know about, more about the Kirkwood District and 30 minutes a week of your time invested in somebody's life. But here, here's, a, here's what, what was fascinating to me about that or what was maybe just blatantly obvious that I finally caught. Here's a person who was welcomed by someone else, who, who had a guy that went out of his way to find him and say, you know what, you're important. You're important to God. Not just because you're a pastor's kid, but because of who you are and spent time and invested in his life. And as he said, now 25 years later, here he is welcoming, um, you know, welcoming young students who need just that little bit extra. And I find it fascinating that you know, here, here's our community asking us to be part of welcoming kids. The heart of God, <laughs> the passion of God, is to welcome us home through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross. Next week, we're going to make a pledge to support the ministries of Green Tree for 2012. That's important. Uh, what we do, I think, is vital. But only if our giving is a reflection of a joyful desire to fully represent to one another and to our community, whether it's in the mentoring program or in the grocery store or in our business or in our own families. The welcoming heart of God. The unapologetic, ever-expanding, welcoming heart of God in and through Green Tree Community Church. I hope so. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you call us your people. Father, thank you that even though we were anything but lovely, you call us your beloved. We were unfaithful, but you are always faithful. Father, thank you that you've adopted us as sons and daughters of yours through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, that he suffered on our behalf so that we could be children of the living God. Father, I thank you for Green Tree Community Church. I thank you that there will be people in heaven because you use folks at Green Tree to share the gospel. 
Father, I thank you that there are people whose pathways are a little bit smoother because someone or, or a group of folks at Green Tree reached out to them and, and cared for them. And Father, I thank you even for the harder lessons when, when someone's brave enough to say, it really wasn't the, the easiest journey for me.